0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Y'all go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter one. That's what we'll be this morning. Um, We're we're starting a a new series and... As Tamara basically opened us up in this, we're going to talk about our vision a bit more here. And uh, a few weeks ago, I started uh, with this vision and told you uh, there's this vision of resetting and reimagining uh, as we walk into the fall. And this understanding that this season is not only new for all of us, but the reality is that a lot of us, this church is new for us. Renewals new. Or this space of walking out of a pandemic is new for everyone. Maybe you're just venturing back into church for your first Sunday and that's new for you. And the reality is, is that we need to simply just press reset and begin to reimagine what it looks like to do life in church Today. Again, hear me, I said this a few weeks ago. That doesn't mean that we need to start rewriting the script for discipleship and, and how we preach and and lights and camera action on Sunday morning. No, what, what I mean is we need to ask the question: well, what does it look like to do church today? What does it mean to be the church today coming out of the season we just went to? So what we're gonna do through the fall, with well, the next 10 weeks or so, we're gonna we're gonna kind of dissect our vision. A bit, And and we're going to look at various passages of scriptures of just what it means to not only be the church, but Renewal Church, this vision of renew, rebuild, and release. Here at Renewal, we desire to be a church centered on the gospel while passionately seeking the welfare of the city, resting upon three initiatives that we believe are rhythmic and endemic of every believer. We want to renew hearts by the power of the gospel, rebuild lives through discipleship, and release people for the work in the city through Jesus Christ. And I want all of us in here to be a part of that. And so through this series, my hope is that you will not only come to love renewal, but you'll fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. You'll be more and more committed to community. You'll give more than you ever have of your time, talent, and your treasure. And lastly, you'll be witnesses to a waiting and watching world that needs hope in Jesus. Today, uh, we're going to start by talking about this first prong or pillar of our vision I like to call. It's a renewing hearts by the power of the gospel. So let's dive in. We're going to be in John chapter 1. If you got it, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. And then we're going to skip down to verses 12 through 14. If you got it, go ahead and say, got it. If you're online, go ahead and write, got it in the chat. Verses 1 through 4. Hear now the reading of God's word. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Skip down to verse 12, and it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Very word of God, amen. Today I want to preach on Jesus renews, Jesus renews. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. We thank you for uh, just a place where we can come together and we can worship. We thank you for community. We thank you for uh, this space that really a few months ago, God, we weren't even able to do. So, God, even right now, as I preach, as I speak, Lord, I pray that, as I say every week, that you'd hide me behind the cross so that you may be lifted up in this place. God, decrease me so that you may increase. Father, we need a word from you, not from me. So, Holy Spirit, enter this room and fill the hearts of your people. And give to us what you have for us. In Jesus' name, we all said together. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Friends, this pillar of our vision, Renew, it's simply the gospel. The gospel is the story of Jesus who steps out of heaven into a fallen world, to reconcile and redeem a broken people back to himself, but also to one another. It's a vertical as well as horizontal. That's the gospel. Simply said, Jesus renews all things. Listen to me, though. The call to renewal is this call to live out the gospel in everything we do. This is to bring renewal to our marriages, bring renewal to our families and our neighborhoods, our communities, and beyond that. We live, all of us, to bring the renewing power of the gospel to every area of our lives. But with that, hear me. The gospel is it's not rocket science, although we often make it out to be. It's not that tough, but we make it very hard. That said, the call to renew is not a call to a new strategy. It's not a call to a new system. Listen, it's a call back to, key words, it's a call back to the gospel itself as the only hope we have for the world. But See, here's the thing. Did you notice me? I I said, it's a call back to. Did y'all hear that? It's a call back to the gospel. Because I'm going to step into your neighborhood with this one a little bit. The reality is, is that in this pandemic especially, y'all, we we ran to and we've looked to and we've listened to everything outside of Jesus. We've been all outside of our word and we run into this thing. And the reality is that Jesus is the only one who brings renewal into our lives. It's the truth of the gospel that impacts our life, and, and especially in this pandemic, y'all, we've been running all over the place. We've been going to this thing, that thing. We've been le- believing in crystals and 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 he say, she say, and Shanayne and them, and your mama and them, and all them other people, all over the all over the internet. You, you just we over here, we over there. It, it's it's time to come back to the gospel. Let me put it this way, cause y'all y'all quiet in here. Um, I don't want you to miss this. During the pandemic there was a wide array of things that were not we weren't able to do because it was shut down. The, the society was shut down, and uh, which was hard on multiple levels. I, I mean, many of us, we had to become overnight teachers because of e-learning. And I'm going to just be honest, e-learning sucks. <laughs> like, I ain't no teacher, bro. I, I'm good. You didn't pay me enough for that on top of what I'm doing. So God bless you teachers in here. I love y'all, but that, that ain't for me. But uh, I mean, many of us we were, we, were, we were unsure of jobs. We were unsure of of life itself. Where many times I'd be in the in, in the middle of my house and I'm I'm sitting there and praying. I'm like, God, are we ever gonna get out of this thing? Like, wh- what is normal gonna look like again? What wh- what's it gonna look like when we get out of it? Are we gonna get out of it, God? And then after a long couple of years or so, we, we started to see things open up now, not just open up, but open up without restrictions. I started looking back and I was thinking, like, one of the things that I really love to do before the pandemic is I love going to the gym. I like going to the gym, I like working out. And then that was taken away. And if you're like me, you, go on, you gain that COVID-10 or COVID-15. Some of y'all get that on your way out, y'all missed that. See, I would go to the gym Three to five times a week, I was in the gym, and it was pretty simple for me. You know, I would get up in the morning, I, I'd get my bag together, all my stuff, my shoes, and I, I'd put it all together, and I'd put it in the car, and then I would leave the house, and I would drive to the gym, and I'd pull up in the, the garage, and I would park my car, and then I would get all my stuff out, and I'd just kind of mosey down the stairs. I'm going to the gym, y'all, and I'd pull out my key tag, and I'd go to the counter, and I would swipe my key tag, and then I'd walk on back, and I'd get dressed, and I'm ready to go to the gym. Then after it all shut down and I came back out, I was like, well, I'm going to just do what I always used to do, get my bag together. I got all my stuff together, and I'm, I'm at home, and I put it all in the car, and then I drive to the gym, and I get to the gym, and I pull up in there, and I pull out my stuff, and I mosey on down. I'm happy to be back in the gym, and I pull out my key tag, and I go to the counter, and I, and I, and I swipe my key tag, and I, I swipe it again and it says, access denied, y'all, I was embarrassed. I mean, y'all ever been to the grocery store before and, and you pull up with your cart and everything and, and the clerk's looking at you and you, you pull out your, uh, your card and you're ready to pay for it. And you're like, God, I hope there's some money in here. And then and you know this when you pull up there and you swipe the card and it says, declined, And you're like, man, something wrong with your system. And you know you ain't had no money on your card. Something wrong with your system, straight face and everything. And the clerk like, "No, nah, it's just declined. It, it, you you got another card." And and then you like, "No, nah, something wrong with your system." And then you pull out the you pull out the credit card this time. Cause you know that'll work this time. And you I told you something wrong with your system. You ain't had no money the whole time. And so I I'm I'm sitting there at the counter at the at the gym and I'm like, "Man, something wrong with this system." And she's like, "Sir, I, I I'm looking at my computer right now, and I, I see in the computer that you're in our system. But your membership, because you haven't been here in a while, simply needs to be renewed. Y'all, y'all missed that. They, they told me that since gyms ha- were closed down, we, we put everybody's membership on a permanent hold. Essentially, they, they, they shut off my membership, which required me Although I had the key tag and I'm in the system, when I come back into the gym, I have to now renew my membership. My membership simply needed to be renewed. See, what we fail to realize here is that like our membership in the gym, our world and our lives have been in somewhat of this temporary holding pattern. And we simply need to be renewed now in our focus. We need to be renewed in our belief and in our walks. Our lives simply need to be renewed. But the question is, renewed by what? See, what we don't realize is that in this pandemic, y'all, we have simply been like sheep that are lost without a shepherd. We, we've, been, we've been grazing all over the place, and what I mean by this is that it, just like me not being able to go to the gym and consequently gaining some weight, we have been out of the rhythm of doing community with one another. We've been out of the rhythm of reading our Bible and, and being in church and getting counseling, et cetera, all down the line, and we have proceeded to find our truth in different pastors. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to eat from this pasture. I'm going to eat from this pasture online. Now, I don't even know them, but I'm going to eat. It sounded good. I like that. I'm going to eat from this one over here and this Instagram feed and what she's telling me and what he's telling me. I'm going to get truth right here. Or on the other side, we find truth that lines up with our feelings versus the fact of God's word. We've been eating all over the place. Thus, we've been sheep without a shepherd. We've simply been grazing in the wrong pastors, and our focus, our faith, our lives simply needs to be renewed. Just like coming back to the gym, y'all, we, we got to get back to the gospel, Jay. We, we got to get back to the gospel. We need to be renewed, and so does our city and our people, the people around us. Friends, the gospel, Jesus is the only solution to bring renewal to Chicago. The gospel is what Jesus demonstrated when he hung on the cross with those nails in each one of his hands and and nails in his feet, but then demonstrates his power over Satan, sin and death when he's sitting in the grave, but he doesn't stay there, and he gets up with power in his hands. And guess what? That same power is placed in each one of us as a believer through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that now we can bring the reconciling, renewing power of Jesus to a world that needs to know him. That's the gospel message. That's it. Our city has so much to offer. Wonderful schools, industries, history, a skyline like no other, in my opinion, jobs. But our city is also broken. We have one of the highest homeless populations in America. One of the highest crime and murder rates in our country. We have division across socioeconomic lines, political lines, racial lines, shall I keep going? We could keep going on and on, but what I'm trying to get across to you is that we got a lot of of good in our city, and then we got a lot of bad, and the two don't mix, which makes our city very broken, and we here at Renewal believe that Jesus is the answer to brokenness, He's the one that can reconcile a broken city and a broken people back together, but also to himself. Jesus simply renews all things. This is why renewing hearts by the power of the gospel is the first initiative in our vision. So today I I want us to take a look at this text. And I, I want you to remember one thing while we're walking through this, which is this. We may not have the power in us. We may not have the strength in us, to make it by ourselves, or to, to make this world a better place, or this city better, but Jesus can. We cannot heal the brokenness in this city, but Jesus can. We can't mend broken hearts, but Jesus can. We can't simply reach our deepest longings, our dreams, our hopes, and our desires on our own, but with Jesus we can. We, we, we are simply not enough, but Jesus is more than enough. So, today I want to bring us back to this fundamental understanding of who Jesus is, as he's the one who renews all things, including you and I. Got two points. Number one, Jesus is Lord. Number two, Jesus is good. Jesus is Lord, and Jesus is good. In verse one of John 1, we read this is one of my favorite verses. Scripture in the Bible, which says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that in our text today, according to verse 14, that the Word becomes flesh. So the text is introducing us to who Jesus is. Now, I love this verse because if you substitute the word Word here with Jesus, it tells us that Jesus was in the beginning, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was was God. All things that were made were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Now why is this important renewal? This is important because John is telling us right here in the beginning that Jesus existed before time even began. He is the word. Let let me break this down. The Greek word here for word is logos. Everybody say say logos with me. Logos. Logos. And it's Another name that refers to God, it conveys the notion of divine self-expression or speech, and it's all throughout the Old Testament. It's a rich, rich history of this word throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the Old Testament, God speaks, and things come to pass. He speaks and makes light. He speaks and makes animals. He speaks and makes heaven and earth. He speaks and makes humans. Now, listen This is important and brings meaning to the end of verse 4, if you're following me, because it says that all things that were made through him and without him, nothing that was made was made because Jesus is the word of God. And not only is he the word of God, but he is God, which brings us to our first point. Jesus is Lord. Now, This is key for believers in the church to understand, so I need y'all to stick with me. I promise I'm going to be at your neighborhood in just a moment. It's key for us to understand because not only is Jesus Savior and God who steps out of heaven, humbles himself and dies for us, but he's Lord of all creation, the one who hung the stars and put them in place and and knows each one of them by name. He, he, he's the one who he put the sun in the perfect position where it's not too close to us to fry us. But it's also not far enough away to where we freeze. He, he is Lord who has created all of us and created all the animals, knit us together in our mother's womb. He's the Lord who numbered all the hair on your head. Or in my case, he's Lord who knew that day that I would lose my hair. But the question still remains. Why is this important? Listen, because this means that if Jesus is Lord over everything, then trusting in Him as Lord and Savior not only saves us from the wrath of God toward our sin, but it also means that He can take care of us. He can take care of you, Martel. He can take care of me. He can take care of you, Robinson. He can take care of all of us. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can take care of you. Go ahead. It's a black church exercise. Y'all going to get this. Y'all quiet in here. (laughs) Say he can take care of you. He can take care of you. If Jesus can hang the stars in the sky and name them, speak light and life into existence, all of creation, including us, then there ain't nothing in your life that he can't handle. See, family, it's very easy for us to discount or lower the lordship of Jesus. And we start painting this pretty picture of who he is and just being the savior who who hung and died for me. And he did this for me. Or, Or as Pastor Ephraim said last week, we have all these depictions of Jesus in our head. And we can say, well, he's the pretty Jesus or he's the genie in the bottle Jesus. And he's this for me and he's that for me. But the one depiction I think we really have or the truth of Jesus that we have problems with is seeing him as Lord. We have a problem with seeing Jesus as Lord. You know why? Because we want to be Lord. Ooh, I know I just stepped on your toes. I, we want to be Lord. And for many of us, it's easy to be thankful that he would save me, that he would do this on the cross for me. But we struggle to trust him with our lives totally, and we stress over everything because of it what house to buy, what color car to buy, not even a car, what color car to buy? Uh, what job should I take? Should I, should I invest in this or that? Uh, should I eat the, the the healthy cereal or the sweet cereal today? I, I don't know. We, we just stress over everything. Friends, hear me. It's hard to experience true gospel renewal if I don't trust Jesus as Lord because Here it is. We're always in the way. We think we know what's best. And what ends up happening is that we end up in a a troublesome place far away from where we're supposed to be because we didn't trust him. Or we end up over here and we're more tired than we ever have been before because we just keep on pushing it by the sweat of our brow instead of sitting back and resting in in the sovereignty of Jesus, y'all. We end up in places we shouldn't be. We struggle to trust him as Lord because we think we know better. We want to be Lord. True story. I, y'all remember back in the day where um, uh, when you were young, I say, I hate, I, I'm, I'm getting older now. But when I was young, and my mother used to, she used to mop our, our floors. Y'all remember y'all parents used to mop the floors in the kitchen? And that, what would they tell you afterward? They say, be careful. It's slippery and I don't want you to get hurt. And and so I, I I remember, like, it was yesterday, because I'm kind of bullheaded, y'all. I don't, I don't really listen sometimes, and I just, like, I'm going to do it. I, I got this. I can do this. And I remember it was like yesterday. My mother's sitting in the breakfast nook. She's probably watching online, shaking her head right now. She's sitting in the breakfast nook while I, as she just got done with the kitchen, and she's, I go in there, and I'm like, yes, because I like to skate on the floor when it's wet. And I, I get in the kitchen, and she's like, Derek, I need you to be careful. I just mop the floor. It's slippery. Be careful. I'm like, Ma, I got this. And I'm in there like, I'm doing the running man, everything. And then I'm like, slide to the right. I'm trying to, I'm like, Ma, look at me. I'm skating. I'm doing this, Ma. And she's like, I'll tell you, be careful. And then all of a sudden, y'all, I lose my feet. And I just, bow, just bust my whole chin wide open, blood everywhere, all over the floor and 30 some years later, I still got the scar to prove it on my chin. I'm covering it up by the beard. I don't want y'all to see it. But what's the moral of the story? Listen, although you may think you have it under control, sometimes, if not all times, there's someone who knows more, who sees more, and who truly has it all under control. Simply put, listen to me, trusting in you is not enough. If I would have just listened to my mother, if I would have just trusted my mom, there would have been no blood, no stitches. Some parents in here shaking their head. There would have been no scar for me at all. And here's the reality. There's many of us in here that are carrying figurative weights on our back through life that we should not be carrying. We got figurative scars. And some of us, we got real physical scars because we didn't slow down and just trust Jesus. See, here's the thing. If we truly want renewal of our minds, renewal of our hearts, renewal of our focus, that doesn't happen unless we surrender all to Jesus and trust him as Lord. The passage says, Jesus was in the beginning. Created all things. So if that's true, hear me. He can and he will take care of you and I. The question is, do we trust him? Do we trust him? Better yet, what are you trusting instead of Jesus? That's the question. Is it your finances? Is it you? Your spouse? Is it somebody else? Is it your friends? What are you trusting in that's in the way of you truly surrendering it all to Jesus? What is that thing? What is that person? I was, my wife and I, we were talking about this the other day. We, we've been reading through the Bible in a year, and we do this, and we, we love it. Every morning we spend time talking about it. And uh, we have been in Jeremiah and as Isaiah, and I don't know if I've ever really noticed how many times God talks about idols in the book of Jeremiah and Isaiah? And, and he's, he's basically just being God is straight gutter, y'all. He's just really straight to the point. If y'all don't know what that means, he's like, uh, punch you in the face with scripture. And he, he just gets straight to the point. He says, he, he's like, y'all, you, you're making these things out of iron. You're making things out of gold and wood. But then you turn around and worship them. What kind of sense does that make? You made it. Why would you worship something that you made? And he's like, why wouldn't you just trust the sovereign creator of the universe? I'm right here. And see, the reality is that we do that all the time. We trust in things that we can control, things that I can can see, things that I can touch, things that I can put my hands on. We trust in things that we can see, that we can handle. But why wouldn't we trust in the God who created the universe. We struggle with this. Friends, what is it in the way of you truly surrendering to Jesus? What's stopping you today? I've spent a chunk of time here on us understanding Jesus as Lord because, listen, when we truly understand and believe that he is Lord, watch this, now believing in him as a result becomes easy. It becomes easy to believe in him as Savior, because if he's Lord over everything, then why can't he save me? If he's Lord over everything, why can't he come down here in in human form and die on a cross for me? If he's Lord over everything, why can't he use this church to impact the city of Chicago? He's Lord, and if he's Lord over everything, he can do whatever he wants to do, because he's all-powerful, and some of us have a problem with that. We're a little uneasy because we don't like someone having more power than us. See, because if God is all-powerful, if Jesus is all-powerful, that means you're not. And we we struggle with that because we want to be Lord. We want to be in power. But hear me, hear me clearly. Jesus being all-powerful is not a bad thing. It's a good thing because Jesus is good. Which leads to my second point. Look with me back at the verses, uh, verse nine through twelve. Here, the passage starts reiterating that that Jesus was in the world, and that nothing was made without Him, and He came to His own people. Now, referring to the Jews, and they didn't accept Him. But look at verse twelve. It says, "But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man." but of God. Now, stay with me. The text says that all who received him and believed in his name, it's talking about people here other than Jews because they didn't accept him at first. Hence, what this tells us right here in the beginning of the Gospel of John is that Jesus is not just for one people group. The Bible tells us that he died for the sins of the world. That's for everybody. He died for any and all who would come to believe in him. This also tells us that we have to believe in his name, meaning we have to trust all that he is, the totality of his person, meaning God in the flesh and Lord of all creation. But the text doesn't stop there because then it says he gave the right to become children of God. Again, speaking to him being Lord over all creation and can do whatever he wants, but then he backs it up by saying, "Born not by blood, nor by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man, but of God." Now, now let me let me let me try to break this all down. So I need y'all to stick with me. When the text speaks about us being born again, it's not talking about a physical birth. It, it's talking about a spiritual birth, where when we come to know Jesus, we are are born again because we know Him. So what the text is trying to convey here is that none of this happens by anything that we possess. Not our ethnicity when it says blood. Y'all follow me? Not our strength when it says our flesh. Not our choice when it says the will of man. So listen, what this means for those of us that believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior is that we didn't choose God, but he chose us. know. I know I'm in somebody's neighborhood. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says it this way, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but it is a gift. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may may boast. Listen, salvation is not a choice. Y'all missed it. It's not a choice. And I know I'm not getting amens because I'm on somebody's toes in this. It's your theology right here. It's not a choice. Salvation doesn't come by anything we do or what we bring to the table. It doesn't matter how good you look. You could be fine as all outside. That don't matter. It doesn't matter what you bring to the table or your strength or your IQ or your intellect or any of those things. It's not up to you. It's not up to you and your status in society. None of that matters. None of us, listen to me, will ever be good enough or equal to the holiness of God, which is the issue. This is not an IQ or capabilities issue or strength issue or or status. This is a holiness issue. Listen, God made us in his image, like him in the beginning, without sin, no blemishes at all. Until Adam and Eve a chapter later, they go in and God told them don't eat from the forbidden tree and they take the fruit and they eat from it. And because of that, all of us afterwards are fallen in our nature. We're sinful in nature, rebellious towards God, meaning that we're no longer holy or set apart. We're trying to make our way back, but there's no way to get back to him because of who we are in our nature. He's holy. We're not. And here's the issue with this. As I've said it before, all throughout this text, we still to this day, continually choose to go our own way like Adam and Eve instead of following God. And see, our forbidden fruit, let me come into your neighborhood, it might not be an actual fruit that you take from a tree, but it might be the pursuit of pleasure in your life. It, it might be wanting more money, peace, satisfaction. It, 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 may, it may just be comfort. For some of you, it's, it's that man or woman that you know you need to stop chasing. It's getting that new house. It's it's getting that new car. What is that thing for you? And some of those may not be bad things. But whatever it is, it should never replace your worship for God. I've said this before to you. Y'all got to be, we got to be careful not to make good things that God gives, God things. Because when you do that, it becomes idolatry. You're not worshiping a good thing that God gave you. He didn't give it to you to, to worship it. He's the one that gives it. He deserves all our worship. And I know someone might be sitting there and you're saying, well, I get what you're saying, man. But I I do great things in society. I'm a good person. Which in your mind somehow now warrants your ticket into heaven. And the reality is that that statement and the thought itself is very audacious. I mean, Paul, I love it in Romans. Paul, Paul, again, he's straightforward. He's like... Who are you being the clay to tell the potter anything? That ain't your decision. Salvation is not a choice. It's a gift that's freely given by God's grace when he sends Jesus to die on our behalf. But I know, I know someone's still saying, well, I understand salvation is a gift. I know it's not by my strength. I I know it's not by my ethnicity. I just heard that It's, it's not anything I bring to the table. But how does that make God good? Pastor D, I, 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 it's nice to know that, that through my belief and his grace, I'm safe. But how does that goodness help me today? Listen to me again. Jesus being God, salvation being up to him is a good thing. And it makes him good because, here it is, nothing in life is simply left up to you. It's not solely left up to you and I. But when we believe we have a good God who's on our side, just like the old song says, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he calls me his own. I know y'all know that song. Listen this life, this world, and its its worries, it's not all on your shoulders. You you don't have to carry those, those weights around with you. It's not all on you. And somebody walked into church today and life has been beating you down. You are burdened by everything that's going on in your life. You're overwhelmed with circumstances and you feel as if you have too much on your plate. You got all these unsolvable or uh, things that you're juggling in your life, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and you, you feel all out of place. Listen to me. This is why Jesus is so good, because when you fully surrender to him, you now experience the goodness of a father who holds the whole universe in his hands. There's freedom in that. Y'all feel that? There's, there's freedom in knowing that God holds it all in his hands. But you first got to trust him with your life. To experience that goodness. Let me see if I can make this a bit more plain because I think y'all are missing it. One thing I like to do with my kids is when they're very young, I, I, I like to throw them in the air. I, I literally like, I mean, for real, like one year old type. I freak people out with it. I like to throw, like squat down and just throw them in the air. And what I'm trying to teach them is is to trust their father. In fact, y'all, y'all missing this. Come here, Izzy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show y'all how we do this. Izzy's a little bit bigger now, but we're gonna, we're gonna still do this. Make sure you don't hit the chandelier. This is my little flyer, y'all. I love Izzy and all my girls, but and we do this with all of them. And what I do is I, I, I tell them when they're young, I say, has daddy ever done anything to hurt you? No. Do you believe that daddy's gonna do something to hurt you? No, no right? And so, what I'm about to do is, I'm gonna throw you in the air right now. And I need you to look in my eyes. And as long as you look in my eyes, you know that daddy's here. But you also know that daddy's never done anything to hurt you, and daddy's going to catch you. But if you start looking around and you start flailing your arms, it's gonna make it hard for me to catch you. But at the same time, you're gonna experience fear. But if you look at me, you'll experience freedom, and it'll be fun. Like you're flying in the air, baby. You ready to do this? All right, let's do it. One, two, three. Thank you, baby. You see, when she was in the air, she flew, y'all. She put her arms out, and she had fun. There was freedom in that. But if she would have taken her eyes off of me and she start looking around and flailing her arms, instead of feeling freedom, she would have started experiencing fear. Y'all missing this thing. As long as she kept her eyes on me, she experienced freedom, knowing that her father was gonna catch her. But if she would have taken her eyes off of me, it would have been fear. Here's my point. There's too many of us in here that are holding on to control of our lives. And we're flailing through this thing called life. And we're missing the freedom that we have in a sovereign Savior. You won't let go. Because you don't believe that your father will catch you. And instead of letting go, you're holding on. Because if you let go, you feel like you're going to crash and burn. And here's the reality. We can't experience the renewal of our lives, the freedom in our lives that we want to experience until we fully surrender and say, Jesus, here I am. Take me as I am. I need you to be ruler over my life. I've I've tried it my way, and I can't do it anymore. God, I'm tired of living in fear. I want freedom. That only comes... From trusting in Jesus. Family, this is what we mean when we talk about being renewed in our hearts by the power of the gospel. Jesus not only saves us, but he gives us life to the full. Jesus, being Lord of all, renews all things, including you and I. And that's the only way we're going to see this city renewed. If we trust in him, we will never have enough money. There'll never be good enough schools. There, we'll never have enough charities. There'll never be enough people. The only way to make this city better is for us to rely on the one who is truly good, the one who created us good in the beginning, and that is Jesus. Jesus renews all things. Family, are y'all with me in this? Jesus renews our hearts. He renews our focus. And if we truly want to experience freedom, we got to trust in Jesus. As I get ready to pray, the reality is that some of us, we haven't been in a place where we've been trusting Jesus with our hearts and with our minds and with all of our strength. We've been trusting in all different things. We've been eating from this pasture and grazing over here and we haven't been eating our meals from the word of God or community and church and it's time for us to get back to Jesus it's time for us maybe for the first time to come and say Jesus I need you wherever you are as I pray right now and we get ready for communion I want you to spend time with Jesus and just say God what's really going on in my heart I need you Thank you for being a forgiving God that accepts your children back. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. You are truly amazing, God. We thank you for you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the renewing power that comes through you, the gift that you give us through your life, your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord, we do ask right now that you fill us with your spirit, God, I ask for the one that's right now that's struggling, that's maybe on the fence of whether I believe or, or not believe. God, I pray that, that they would know they're in the right place and that you would enter their hearts right now. And that they would surrender all that they have. I pray for the one that's been in and out of fellowship and hasn't been really running after you, God. That they would just say, here I am, Jesus. I'm tired of finding life or trying to find it other places. I know that you give true life and all I want is you, Lord. God, make us the church that you want us to be. Not only for our good, but for a city that needs you. We give you praise. We give you all honor and glory. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen, amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.